So I'm going to start by boasting to you publicly, because this is kind of one of my proudest moments in the last year. So I was invited to go and visit a grade eight class at OLMP. And I went into the class and started the conversation with a vote or kind of survey. How many people here think that faith is essential to being human? And I had maybe 10% of the class put their hand up. So I said, okay, here we go. And so then I spent the next half hour to 45 minutes giving them something to the effect of what I'm about to give you. And then at the end of class, I asked again, how many people here think faith is essential to being human? I got 80%. I think that's about as high as you can expect in junior high. But what changed? See, I think too often, people have this false understanding of what faith actually is, or at least the way that we understand faith as Catholics. Even in this great verse from the letter to the Hebrews, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, even that is misunderstood in what is actually being said. See, too often I think this idea of faith is that I put my trust in something that I can never know or that is beyond me or that I've never seen. That's faith. No, that's blind faith. And that's not Christian faith. That's not the faith that we live by and that we profess as Christians. See, the writer to the letter, of the letter to the Hebrews, when he says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. We can be assured of something that we hope for. And the conviction of things not yet seen. How are you convicted of something that you have never had an experience of? You cannot be. That's just foolishness. See, the starting point for faith is that there is something that can be known and experienced, but at the same time, we always look and hope to what is coming. We hear it the right way in the readings. First with Abraham. Right? What is the promise of God to Abraham? You will have descendants as numerous as the stars. Can Abraham ever hope to see that promise come to fulfillment? Obviously not. He'd have to live for a thousand years to see all of the descendants as numerous as the stars come into being. But what allows him to have faith in that promise? Well, the experience that God allowed Sarah to conceive in her old age. The experience of God's faithfulness in that moment allowed Abraham to have the faith that the promise that he would have innumerable descendants was possible. And then he lived by that faith. Or with this parable that Jesus tells about the slaves that are waiting for their master to return home. They're not waiting for a stranger, right? A stranger, you can, they, you have no idea when they're gonna come home. You're, you never know if they're going to come at all, right? What reason do they have to come to your house? So for somebody, for a slave to sit and wait for a stranger to come to the house makes no sense. They're waiting for their master. They're waiting for the one that they already know 
for him to come home. They hope in his return home because they know him and they know that that is his home. See, those experiences of faith are rooted, are founded on something that is experienced and known, but that we can never control what the outcome of it is, or that we can never fully know the experience of it in its totality. And see, the way that they show the conviction of things not seen is in the way that they live their life. That through this promise given to them, they allow their faith to be shaped by that reality. That is faith. That's why it's problematic in the understanding of faith when we hear people that we know who say, I believe in God, and yet they never come to Mass. They probably don't pray unless they're in real need for something. Nothing of their life has taken on the conviction of what some part of their mind acknowledges that there's an idea of this superior being. But faith is not the idea of God. Faith is the conviction of things not yet seen. Pope Benedict described faith in this way. To believe as a Christian means, in fact, entrusting oneself to the meaning that upholds me and the world, taking it as the firm ground on which I stand fearlessly. Or another way, to believe as a Christian means understanding our existence as a response to the Word, to Christ, which upholds and maintains all things. See, Christian faith is founded on something immovable that shapes the entirety of our existence. Maybe this is the silly idea that came to my mind when preparing this homily about the difference between this kind of idea of blind faith and Christian faith. I might hope to have a million dollar house, well, probably multi-million dollar house on the ocean. But my reality is that I have a family and I live on the prairies and my annual salary is $70,000, $80,000 a year. To hope in having a million dollar house on the west coast doesn't make any sense. That's blind faith. But the fact that I live on the prairies, that I have a family, that I make seventy dollars to $80,000 a year, what are the infinite possibilities of the home that I can build and fashion and create? That's Christian faith. It's not some wacky idea that we can concoct in our mind and then we let this wacky idea determine how we speak and act and live. It's looking at the reality of things created and the gift of faith that exists and allowing our faith to be open to the infinite possibilities that come from that. That's the difference. See, faith precedes us. The gift of faith precedes us because faith is not primarily an act of our will. That part comes, but it's not first an act of our will it first comes as a gift, right? Just think of Abraham. 
The gift of faith was given to him through the promise of God, and then he assented to that faith and moved forward. Because faith is not primarily an act of the will, but it is an experience of love. And when we look at the history of the church, what are those things that we can found our faith on that are not just drawn from nothing, but actually have a firm foundation? Well, it's the fact that despite our many and varied efforts after 2,000 years, the church is still here. Should have died a long time ago, but it still remains. That we see that the church has helped maintain cultures in history. There was a time where European culture was falling apart and it was Benedictine monks that helped preserve European culture in a time of crisis so that it could continue and remain. The desire to educate all peoples regardless of social status or class, giving education to the poor as well as the rich is an effort of the church that now is adopted by most. Giving proper health care, again, to all classes and all peoples, regardless of what their reality is, again, is a Christian idea coming from the truth of the gospel. Obviously, the legacy of the saints. Here are men and women who have entrusted the entirety of their lives to the gift of faith that has been given to them, and we see the fruits that come from a life lived in that way. We see the blessings that come from being willing to entrust our whole lives to that gift of faith that precedes us. And there are more. Think even just within your own family, within generations that allow you to exist here. Faith precedes us. Because it's not just some idea that is created that we then try to work towards. It's a gift from God first. And we allow our lives to be shaped by that and move forward in the hope of the things that we have yet to see.